0: Welcome to the What About series. I'm Enoch Fossum, and I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. I'm Austin Ivy, and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy. We're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists. On this episode, we're going to be talking about seasonal affective disorder, otherwise known as sad. What it is, and how we might be able to treat it. Okay. Well, welcome back to yet another What About series episode I think it's episode 21 21 yeah and what's happening tonight oh my goodness guys i'm so excited i'm going to a 21 pilots concert so that's ironic what? my favorite band in the world we've done a breakdown of them and i'm going to a concert soon super pumped I hold
1: up a sign that actually says listen to episode <laughs> blank on what about therapy mulberry street they're playing that tonight oh mulberry street yeah okay it's really cool how they do it too
0: Cool. Anyways, today we're going to be talking about, on episode 21 pilots, um, seasonal affective disorder. Um, this is something that I feel like most people are aware of. It's something that's... I mean, before I was even uh, at all thinking about becoming a therapist, I knew what it was. Um, there's a joke made about it on the TV show The Office. Um, I think Toby has it or something like that. And kind of making fun of it that it's a made-up disorder or something like that because he's just sad all the time anyways that was like the first introduction i had to and i always thought it was just like a silly diagnosis that wasn't real yeah but getting into the therapy world and learning about it and then doing the research for this episode it's actually a it's a real problem that people struggle with and it's yeah. it's debilitating for people that struggle with it and um, i you're not aware of what it is and how it develops and who the types of people that develop it we're going to talk about that today and that's the point of this episode but For those of you who know what it is and might even struggle with it, this episode might give you a little bit of insight of maybe some of the causes and what's really happening when you experience seasonal affective disorder.
1: Yeah, and it's really common too. Like it's not something that's super rare. So if you are someone that struggles with it, you're not alone. And we're going to talk about hopefully some things that will be helpful for you when it comes to preventative work that you can do to overcome and just deal with um, sad, deal with being sad in a more effective <laughs> Capital way. Capital SAD. Yeah. SAD. Seasonal affective disorder. So that's the way you can remember is maybe sometimes during the year you get a little sad. And that's because of sad mm-hmm. that you get sad.
0: And on that same note, um, <laughs> sadness is probably a huge part of it. But as we're going to talk about today, it's so much more than that. It's more than just yeah. being sad. Just like any other depressive disorder, this and I believe this follow, falls under the category of depressive disorders in the DSM 5, I think. And so it should be treated with the same importance, urgency, severity as any of the other depressive disorders. Because it's, it's just as real. Just because it's transient, yeah. it happens when it's cold outside. Or when there's or less hot. light doesn't mean it's less real. Yeah. Because it, it affects it affects a person the same way that it does than any other
1: depressive disorder could. <laughs> depressive <laughs> disorder could. There we go. I got it out. Yeah, we've been struggling today. All of a sudden, my allergies decided to kick in. Yeah. And then... I choked on my spin. One Austin's of the first choking spin. over here. <laughs> oh boy, Well, we're anyway, doing it now? <laughs> yeah, we're we're grinding out here. So this article is going to come from the Mayo Clinic, and it is titled "Seasonal Affective Disorder" or SAD. So here are some of the symptoms, and we're just going to be going down this uh, this article here. We'll list it down below. So if you want to read it mm-hmm. and go more in depth, please feel free to do so. So. The uh, symptoms say, in most cases, seasonal affective disorder symptoms appear during late fall or early winter and go away during the senior days of spring and summer. Less commonly, people with the opposite pattern have symptoms that begin in spring or summer. In either case, symptoms may start out mild and become more severe as the season progresses. So that's one thing that is really new to me is that seasonal affective disorder can actually happen in the summer Mm -hmm. as well. So if you're someone that actually starts to feel like more depressed or even a little anxious or just sad in the summer, then this is something that you can, you can struggle with. It's not something that only happens in the winter when it gets dark and cold. Which is typically the, the diagnosis that is associated with, with this disorder is that it happens in the winter
0: time because of the different mechanisms that we're going to be talking about in the, like the causes of it. Yeah. But yeah, it can happen to anyone. And I think it's, it's important to to realize that it's not specific to any season. Yeah. It's seasonal affective disorder, not winter affective disorder.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it can start early on too. So their whole, I mean, we're doing this episode right now because we're ending summer and starting fall. And those of you that may struggle with seasonal affective disorder in towards the winter months, the earlier you start to actually work on it and you do preventing techniques and preventing um, just symptoms, then that will help you go through that season in a more effective and helpful way.
0: Yeah. Because maybe in seasons past, you've just kind of let it, I don't want to say let it control you, but maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe that is for you. Maybe you did just let it kind of take over your life and let the, the depression take the the controls, I guess. Yeah. That's okay. You know, You're, you're human. Um, I guess the point of this episode is to maybe give you some alternatives and better understanding of what's going on so you can take the controls back when seasonal affective disorder starts to settle in for you, if it's a normal occurrence for you. But anyways, yeah. So the, some of the signs and symptoms that you can look out for, if you're not sure if you have it, or if you are maybe curious of whether or not, you know, see it in people in your life. Um, we can just split this up maybe two by two. Yeah. So the first two here, um, the signs and symptoms are you feel listless, sad or down most of the day, nearly every day. So the common symptoms of depression and just, Sadness, like the acronym suggests, um, those types of feelings. Also, losing an interest in activities that you once enjoyed, which is very common amongst major depressive disorders as well.
1: Yeah. Or having low energy and feeling sluggish. I mean, that goes along with, I think, sad and low energy mm-hmm. can kind of go hand-to-hand most yeah. of the time. Or having problems with sleeping too much. So if you all you do is sleep in the summer, all you do is sleep in the winter, and you just struggle getting up, that could be a sign. We're yeah. not saying that if you do sleep in, I mean, you know, back like in high school for me when I didn't have to work in the summer, or at least work early, I would sleep in until like noon, mm-hmm. one. Yeah, me too. And I don't think I had seasonal affective disorder, but I could have. Oh, it's a teenager that um, stayed up too late. <laughs> Maybe right. That was my problem. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, just because you have one of these symptoms doesn't mean... You don't need to be freaking out and be like, oh my gosh. It's
0: the collection of symptoms over a long period of time that debilitates your lifestyle. Yeah, we've
1: talked about that before.
0: (laughs) Oh, anyways, my turn. (laughs) Um, Experiencing carbohydrate cravings, overeating, and weight gain. Very interesting one. Didn't know about that. Um, Having difficulty concentrating. So if anyone knows any of the symptoms of major depressive disorder, these are all
1: very common amongst that symptom list as well. Yeah. And then the last two here is feeling hopeless, worthless, or guilty and having thoughts of not wanting to live. So having suicidal ideations. Mm -hmm. That can be a real thing. Then it just goes more into details of what the fall and winter sad look like compared to spring and summer. So I'll cover fall and winter you can do. Let's do it. Spring and summer. So the fall and winter, um, these include oversleeping, like we just talked about, appetite changes especially a craving for foods that are high in carbohydrates because it's so cold and you just need more energy i mean i think that's natural that is natural i mean it comes to balance right we've talked about that before weight gain and then tiredness or low energy and then for the spring and summer sad (laughs) Uh,
0: symptoms for the summer onset can include trouble sleeping so insomnia poor appetite, weight loss, agitation, and or anxiety, and an increased level of irritability. And along with that, um, a little side note with the different levels of, or the different types of seasonal affective disorder, it's pretty prevalent amongst people who have a bipolar disorder diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've learned in some of the psychology classes that we've taken, and I'm sure I could be proven wrong, maybe not, but the cycles of hypomania and depression can actually follow seasons that they can be influenced by seasonal changes. And so the typical thing that you'll see with someone bipolar, that's influenced by seasonal affective disorder is hypomania in the summer times, spring and summer, um, that greatly influences their activity levels and um, it can increase anxiety as well. And then as they go into the winter months that dips them into a depression, um, equal or opposite of that hypomania, they felt in the summer and that deep, digs them into those depressive symptoms that we had talked about with that are associated with the fall and winter months. So bipolar, people who experience bipolar symptoms, those are people that are more likely to be feeling the effects of maybe all of the seasonal changes in seasonal yeah. affective disorder.
1: Yeah, and so then at what point do you go see like a healthcare provider, like a therapist or a doctor? Because it's normal to feel sad some days i mean it doesn't matter what season it is it's normal to feel sad or maybe depressed for a couple days but if these symptoms go on for days and days and days and they seem to never go away no matter what you do then at that point i would say you'd benefit quite a bit from seeing a therapist so that's that's when to go
0: just be aware that if it's causing significant life impact and like you're drastically changing the way that you live especially if you're having suicidal ideations and other feelings of worthlessness, that would probably be a really good indication that it's time to talk to a professional. So just keep that in mind for you. And then talking about the causes, um, there's a lot of different causes for a lot of different mental illnesses and we do our best to, to understand them. But research in psychology is, is difficult. But from what the Mayo Clinic article talks about, there is some general understandings of why this happens and we can just go back and forth on it. Starting with the, um, the biological clock theory of how it happens So, essentially, we all have this little clock inside of us. I guess the theory, the name of it is the circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the sleep schedule, the waking up schedule of our body cycles are kind of based off this idea of the circadian rhythm. And um, the article says that the reduced level of sunlight in fall and winter may cause winter onset seasonal affective disorder. This decrease in sunlight may disrupt your body's internal clock and lead to feelings of depression. So, at least in Utah, I don't know what it's like in other states, and a lot of the western... A lot of the, I'm sorry, the northern states that are further away from the uh, the equator, they get less sunlight in the the winter time. Starting like yeah. usually it's around the daylight savings, and like one day it's the sun goes down at like six o'clock, and the next day the sun's going down at four thirty, and that's that's <laughs> yeah. like for me. I think anyone, yeah, most people. I don't know, maybe not most people. I don't want to talk for everyone, but I get a little depressed when I'm driving home from work at four o'clock and the sun's yeah, setting true. in the distance, yeah. and like, well, where'd my day go? You feel like you have to go yeah. home and go to sleep, yeah, and. i I think that's where the circadian rhythm theory comes in is that your your body clock just gets thrown off because all of a sudden it thinks it's time to go to bed and so you don't have as much energy anymore which can lead to depressive symptoms so the independent variable here is the the level of sunlight and the dependent variable is like levels of depression so the mediating variable there is yeah like the feelings like the rhythms that you have and your body thinks that it's nighttime, but it's really not and so you have less time to to go about your daily life, I guess.
1: Yeah. Another cause is serotonin levels. And we've talked about serotonin a ton on the podcast. Serotonin is the feel good chemical. Mood stabilizing. Yep. Yeah. So a lack of serotonin would bring an increase in more uh, sad symptoms. And that's again due to reduced sunlight and that can cause a drop in serotonin. Now, as far as like the summer and spring or summer and fall, well, goodness, I had it right the first time, spring and summer. Spring and summer, yeah. (laughs) As far as spring and summer goes, I don't know, and the article doesn't mention it either as far as serotonin levels in the fall, (laughs) spring and summer, um, and if those increase or decrease. This is just going off of winter because of the reduced sunlight. And I'd imagine people that still experience those symptoms in the summer and spring you would still see a reduced serotonin level. Mm -hmm. So I don't don't know exactly why, because it wouldn't be due to a lack of sunlight. So something to look into there. And take this for a grain of salt, but a recent um,
0: umbrella review came out earlier this year, talking about the the whole chemical imbalance, serotonin linked to depression and other depressive disorders. And that systemic, systematic umbrella review, I don't know what they call it, concluded that, serotonin isn't the main like a lack of serotonin isn't the main cause of most depressive disorders that might not be the case for seasonal affective disorder but um, andrew huberman goes into detail on that one of his podcasts so i would recommend finding that one. (laughs) i don't know which one it is but he goes into it he talks about how serotonin is still a huge part of these depressive disorders developing and ssris can be very beneficial in treating them but for the majority of these types of disorders that you're seeing um, it's not directly caused by a lack of serotonin in the brain, but it can be right. resolved or treated with an increase of serotonin in the brain, going above baseline levels. So just take that as food for thought, because it's um it's still something we don't really understand why it happens. Yeah. Going forward, with the last cause that um, researchers and scientists have found is that it's a basically melatonin levels go out of whack. This kind of goes into the biological clock, the circadian rhythm. It's more of an explanation for the winter. Um, Seasonal Affective Disorder, but it says that the change of season can disrupt the balance of the body's level of melatonin, which most people probably know that is the I think it's a hormone that um, influences and stabilizes sleep patterns. It increases as it gets darker, and um, it decreases in the morning when you're about to wake up. And then cortisol. Anyways, I don't need to talk about biology, but um, (laughs) it plays a huge role in sleep patterns and mood. And so as it increases, it can disrupt the normal balance of things. If you have too much melatonin, you're going to feel more sleepy. And sleepiness, grogginess, and laziness is typically something linked to depression. So those those depressive symptoms are getting caused by an external factor. And if you're more prone to depressive feelings, then you might interpret those levels of serotonin, the feelings that come from those higher levels of serotonin as depressive symptoms, and then fall into that downward spiral of depression, if that makes sense. But that's kind of the explanation. So
1: there you go. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada boom, bada bing now we're going to go into the risk factors so here are a couple there are four the first one here is family history and we've talked about this quite a bit actually on the what about series where a lot of mental health issues can be passed down or if you grew up with someone with these it can be passed on to you whether that be learned whether that be we've talked about the biopsychosocial model there are a bunch of different factors that can play into it but the article says people with SAD may be more likely to have blood relatives with SAD or another form of depression. Now, again, whether that be learned or whether that be born with, it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so family history, that's one. Yeah, I've seen that in people that I know that experience yeah.
0: SAD, that their dad has it, mom has it, yeah siblings have it. It just, who knows? I don't know if there's a gene that's been mapped to that disorder, but either way it's there's a huge concordance level the next one is having a major depressive disorder or bipolar disorder we already kind of talked about that if you already experience these symptoms when it's not affected by the seasons of course you're going to be a little more prone to to this because it's linked to those disorders as it is as we talked about already and the article just says the symptoms of depression may worsen seasonally if you have one of these conditions so it's going to worsen the baseline level of depression you already experience essentially yeah Fun, isn't it? Really fun. (laughs) Got to love that. Winter's already hard enough with the cold and the shoveling walkways, (laughs) and now you're just more depressed, which is great. (laughs) It's
1: awesome. The next one is living far from the equator. I mean, nothing too crazy here. We just talked about that too. You simply experience less sunlight in the winter months when you're far from the equator, and that can play a role. Oh, yes, and then last is a low level of vitamin D. Um, This is not something
0: I claim to have any knowledge about, so reading straight from the article. Some vitamin D is produced in the skin when it is exposed to sunlight. Vitamin D can help boost serotonin activity. Less sunlight and not getting enough vitamin D from foods and other sources may result in low levels of vitamin D in the body. So, I would consult a doctor if you feel that that might be your problem where you're not getting outside enough, you're just not getting outside, we're not getting outside enough, or you're not getting enough vitamin D in your diet. Um, I would say that is something you'd have a conversation with your medical doctor or like a dietitian to maybe figure out how you can influence that to maybe that. in, increase your levels of – or decrease levels of, of seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. So maybe talk to a doctor if you feel that that's what's going on.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can even buy, like, over-the-counter vitamin D pills. Yeah, like do a little experiment it's, and see if that helps you. Yeah, see if that helps you in any way. Mm-hmm. Vitamin, A ton of vitamin D can't really – do any harm yeah if you, you eat think. a whole not... bottle it might get toxic to you and you might get sick or maybe i don't know i don't know what that looks like but
0: the very worst you take a vitamin d pill a day it's just going to come out of your body through like urine and stuff so um, do a little
1: hypothesis test on yourself and yeah. see if you feel better from taking vitamin d yeah so now we're going to jump into some complications what can this do for your life if you do have seasonal affective disorder the first one here is social withdrawal i mean again a lot of these are going to be very similar to like major depressive depressive disorder, mm-hmm. like when you're feeling sad, you simply don't want to be around a lot of people. That's so I am. I don't like to be around people and I'm not feeling happy or not, but I'm just feeling low. I don't like to be around people. So so social withdrawal, that's normal. Mm-hmm. And if you feel that way, it's okay. Yeah, and it's,
0: it's both a symptom and a cause. Any of these that you're going to be in, these complications, they're a symptom and a cause. Of depression and other depressive symptoms because if you withdraw socially you're going to become more depressed and then you are more depressed but if you get yeah. are depressed you're going to socially withdraw yeah and then you're going to be more depressed it's a it's an unfortunate negative feedback loop and the next bullet point here is a uh, school and work problems are also a complication that both cause and are a result of seasonal affective disorder
1: and then we have substance abuse i mean little wonder Things like alcohol and nicotine, like cigarettes or vape, they make you feel better. And mm-hmm. so it's it's no surprise that substance abuse can be something hard for you if you do struggle with seasonal affective disorder.
0: Yeah. And if you look at the places that have less sunlight during the winter and are, are colder throughout the year and just get less direct sunlight, places like Alaska, Canada, like places in Canada, there's really high drinking rates, really high alcohol, alcoholism rates. hmm I um, in the United States and places like Canada as well, um, because of the complication that comes with um, depressive symptoms that come in the winter time, and so no wonder that substance abuse can be a real complication. yeah, the next one here is that other mental health disorders such as anxiety or eating disorders can be a complication as well, so just it's probably going to make these things a lot worse. But they're just going to have a magnifying glass put on them with the seasonal affective disorder being put on top of them,
1: yeah, and then like mentioned earlier, the last one here is suicidal thoughts or behavior so having those suicidal ideations and wanting to take your life just because you're sick of feeling the way you are
0: yeah and i really like what the article says at the top of the section on complications it says take signs and symptoms of seasonal affective disorder seriously and i kind of opened up the episode talking about the episode of the office where they kind of make fun of it in a way like oh seasonal affective disorder sad that sounds like a real problem toby i think that's like the quote (laughs) like making fun of them and that's I think it's funny because it's a silly thing because it's the acronym is sad and it's funny, but it's real and it's serious. And, um, like any other mental health disorder, um, you're worth the solutions and you're worth the prevention and you're worth seeking help. Yep. So if you find yourself struggling with this year after year, or maybe this year you've you experienced it for the first time, or it comes back after years of being away, um, take it seriously and do the things necessary for you to feel better. And we're, we're about to talk about that.
1: Yeah. So let's jump into some prevention here. So the article simply says there's no known way to prevent the development of seasonal affective disorder. However, if you take steps early on to manage symptoms, you may be able to prevent them from getting worse over time. You may be able to head off serious changes in mood, appetite, and energy levels as you can predict the time of year in which these symptoms may start. Treatment can help prevent complications, especially if SAD is diagnosed and treated before symptoms get bad.
0: Yeah. That's a, I think that's really good advice because, um, it's going to be different for everyone, you know, the, the prevention yeah. that you take. And I like how it takes the emphasis on prevention because if it is something that just happens every year and you know that it's going to happen, I guess it's your responsibility to be aware of what it looks like for you and then take yeah. steps like during the summer months to prepare for it, especially like August, September, as you roll into to fall and winter, be aware of the changes as they come and not forget about, I'm going to switch gears here. Um, Kind of what we talked about in our episode on Tuesday with marital atrophy. Um, marriages tend to stop doing what they did when times were good. Mm-hmm. And what I found in myself, because I've had a little bit of seasonal affective disorder in in myself, especially coming home. I lived in Florida for a couple of years, and it was really sunny in the wintertime. and it was nice. Yeah. Coming home to Utah, and where it gets just really cold and just dark. Just dark. It Not gets dark. the sun goes down at like five o'clock, and it's just really depressing. And I lived in a basement apartment for the past two years, and it just gets less light. Yeah. on top of that and so it just feels like I'm in a dungeon all day and I'll be honest seasonal affective disorder is something that I've struggled with the past couple of years just because of the lack of light and living in a basement and mm-hmm. having lived in Florida for years before that and so it's something it's interesting that I noticed that I just stopped doing the things that I would do in the summer months because I didn't feel like doing it because I feel like I couldn't yeah but the reality is you can still just like that we talked about on Tuesday you can you can change and manipulate the things that you do in the good times and fit them into the bad times. So you can at least try to fit those things in so you can feel a little bit better and live like you do in the summer months. So I guess like my unprofessional advice without any letters next to my name, when it comes to prevention and treating some of the symptoms is focus on doing things that you do during the summer months as much as you can. I know going outside to play soccer, right? Or,
1: going swimming.
0: Yeah. Going swimming or going to yeah. going to some pool or playing pickleball outside or tennis, whatever it is, going fishing, that's hard for me because I love fishing. It's really hard to do in the wintertime. Um, focus on other things that you care about and focus on doing those things. <gasps> Values, the things that you value throughout the wintertime because that's, <laughs> that's going to be your, um, I don't know, your saving grace. I don't know what else you want to call it. But depression, for some reason or another, tends to drive us away from the, from the things that we care about yeah. and makes us believe that we don't care about them anymore. Yeah. Because the most important thing is the way that we're feeling. That's valid and I understand that feeling, I really do. But case study, Austin Ivy, what I've noticed within myself is that focusing on the things that I care about in the times where I feel like I'm affected by the winter months, it helps reduce those feelings that come with seasonal affective disorder.
1: If that rant even makes right. sense. No, it does and you can it, it'll take more effort to Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. Yeah. But afterwards, you tend to feel better, maybe not instantly healed, Like the article says here, it's not going to completely get rid of it. You can't really totally get rid of it. I mean, maybe one winter it's not there, another winter it comes back. Like, it'll just ebb and flow. And so just getting ready for that and getting ready to do the things that you know will help you when you're not feeling like you you want to do it. Exactly. I don't know what's a good example like going to the gym in the mornings in the winter is the worst thing known to man I hated that when I played for me anyway Yeah. yeah it's awful and but while you're working out while you're in the middle of it like I feel really good and especially afterwards I feel really good going outside in the cold while I'm super hot from working out it feels good and then going home it's just it's it's a good way to start the day even though at first I didn't want to because it's freezing, it's pitch black, it's like 8 or 9 in the morning and it's still dark. Like, what the heck? And so just turning towards your values and going after it. I mean, I know that might not be the answer that a lot of you want to hear because you want to cure all solution. And there's not one. There's There's not not one for for anything. It's going to be different for all of us. And I know a lot of people don't like the responsibility of finding out what works for them but that's something you have to do. You've got to do it a really good point. And that's going to help you the most in the long run. What I tell you to do may not be as effective for you as what you find for yourself is most helpful for you. If that makes sense. Yeah. So you need to, you need to take on the responsibility to find your values, see what you love, what do you like to do and then see how you can like adjust that in the winter. Like if you do like fishing, or whatever it is. Let's just see you have a, a value of being out in nature. Mm-hmm. Like, see what you can do from there. See if you can go outside. Maybe, I don't know, go for a hike in the snow. Go snowshoeing. Go into an indoor terrarium. I don't know. Just things like that. Because if if you um if you flip the inverse of
0: all the symptoms, it'll give you a good idea of things that you can do to prevent it. Yeah. So if we go back to the symptoms um, or signs, feeling listless and sad most of the day, nearly every day. It's kind of hard to flip that one, so maybe I'll leave that one for there, but losing interest in activities that you once enjoyed. The flip of that is to focus on interests that you do enjoy, you know that you enjoy and do them. Having low energy and feeling sluggish. Maybe focus on um, eating the right foods. yeah, Not drinking too much caffeine and staying up too late. Things like that. Um, Having problems sleeping too much. Wake up at the same time every day. Set an alarm. Things like that. So if you go through these symptoms and you um, flip them, think of the inverse of them and focus on the inverse of the symptoms. I know that's like a really simplistic way to look at it, but with things like this that are really hard to find a a cure, prevention, whatever you want to call it, that's a good place to start. Think about the inverse of the symptoms
1: and focus on that as your goal. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I love that. So we hope you learned something new and we hope we sparked some thought in helping you understand your values. And maybe this is something that you now realize that you may struggle with Seasonal Affective Disorder. And there are things that you can do to lessen the blow, in a sense, when it does come. So thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, please leave a rating and review. And we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Peace out. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about what
0: about therapy? Yeah What about what about therapy?
1: What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy, yeah? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? therapy? What about, what about therapy?